that we are in him. That's first John chapter two, verses three through five. So you'll have an assurance of eternal life if you're honoring Christ by the way you live and if you're sincerely seeking him. Amen. The third way to know that you have an assurance of eternal life is this. We have that assurance if we love the Father and the Son rather than the world. And if we overcome the influence of the world, glory to God, then we have an assurance of an eternal life in heaven with Jesus Christ. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now on the last two broadcasts about salvation, the Holy Spirit has been speaking specifically to those that love the world more than they love the Father. At the end of this broadcast, I believe that we're going to have a word of knowledge from God uh, to a certain person that's listening to this broadcast that we've never met, but God knows who's listening. So he's speaking again by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to people out there listening. You love your riches. You love your wealth. You love the world. And you'd follow Jesus, but you don't want to give that up. I want you to stay tuned. And you can't be assured that you're going to heaven. Listen to what the Word of God says. Now, the fourth way that we can be assured of eternal life is if, say if with me, if we habitually and persistently practice righteousness rather than sin. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. That is 1 John 2, 29. You want an assurance of salvation? You know you're saved if your heart hates sin and you love righteousness and you yield to God to live it through you. Your only righteousness is through Christ Jesus and you can't have his righteousness if you aren't born again amen on the other hand he that committeth sin it says is of the devil that means if you commit sin and you're not sorry of that sin the word of God saying you're of the devil you don't have God's spirit in you when a born-again believer commits sin, man, they come under conviction and they hate what they just did and they run to Jesus and they truly, sincerely have godly sorrow and they cry out to Jesus for help. Help me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I have sinned against thee, God. And if that's not in them, then they don't have an assurance of salvation. The fifth way that you are assured of eternal life is if we love the brethren. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. The brethren represents the church. Amen. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. You cannot hate your sister or brother in God and you can't even hate the lost and be able to say, oh yeah, I'm in God. Because the word of God is written very clearly that God is love. Now, if your brother or sister or a lost person sins against you, you have a right to righteously be angry and hate that sin the problem is and the truth comes out glory to God 
And the struggle might be there to separate the person from the sin. And sometimes that's hard. Somebody's listening to this broadcast that's drinking alcohol because they have hate and unforgiveness and they're bound up and they're trying to find peace by drinking. I did that years ago. I've been set free, delivered 20-some years now. Glory to God, been set free of the bondage of alcohol. Jesus did it in the twinkling of an eye. As soon as I got some sincere godly sorrow, he immediately set me free from that bondage. But I had an unforgiving, bitter, bitter spirit towards those that had hurt me, and I had an unforgiving spirit. And if you have an unforgiving spirit, you have an unloving spirit. Oh, my, somebody needed to hear that. If you're in Jesus and you have a hatred for people, then there's sin in your heart and you need to repent or you can't be assured of your salvation. Amen? Serious matter, isn't it? The sixth thing that will cause you to be assured of eternal life is if, there we are again with if, we are conscious of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. Listen to this scripture, 1 John 3, 24. And hereby we know that he, Jesus Christ, abides in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. And if Jesus abides in you, boy, he's going to convict you when you sin. No matter how small you think it is or how big it is, you're going to get convicted because he lives in you. And Jesus cannot dwell with sin. And the seventh way you'll be assured of eternal life, if we are endeavoring to follow the example of Jesus and live as he lived. First John 2, 6. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Can people tell that you walk? That means live a daily life of righteousness. Do they see that you're striving? Do they see that you're humble enough when you slip and you stumble and you go back to your fleshly ways to quickly go to God, quickly repent, quickly say you're sorry to God and to those that you've offended because you witnessed that you now are a Christian? Do they see that you're walking, you're striving to walk as Jesus walked? How did Jesus walk? He walked in truth. He walked in righteousness. He never committed sin. We have grace. We have graces that abound in our life after salvation that will give us the power of Christ himself to overcome all sin. The eighth way that you can be assured of eternal life is if we believe. Not only believe, but accept and abide in the word of life. In the living Christ and in the original message of Christ, that sound doctrine that Christ is the substance of the New Testament and the apostles. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. Then it means if you keep Christ, how do you keep Christ in your heart? By continuing to believe, by continuing to accept his written word, and continuing to abide in the word of God. I ask you this, how hungry are you for the word of God? How hungry are you? How much do you read? How much do you study? Is there an abounding hunger stirred up in you? That's the Jesus in you. When that begins to fade away, you begin to not read your word or seek your word. Or you don't really pay attention anymore in church. You're just there. You don't really listen to the word because it's really not that important. You'd rather think about something else while the preacher is preaching. You're falling away. You're falling away 
You need to hear the Spirit of the Lord today. If you're stopping your prayer, if you're not pressing in, if you're not constantly seeing a hunger that drives you to go beyond the faith that you're in, for faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, if your hunger is decreasing for the things of God, you're falling away from the grace of salvation. Get yourself back on track today that you might be in that peace of assurance of your salvation. The ninth and last way that you can be assured of eternal life when you leave this world is if we have an earnest longing what did we just say and a certain hope for the return of Jesus Christ to receive us unto himself listen to this scripture beloved now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is and every man that has this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Ah, oh, we have the assurance of eternal life if we see that earnest longing to see Jesus. How many of you this morning know that it is necessary that you keep that hunger and thirst for Jesus Christ? How many of you have that hope stirred up in you. What is the believer's hope? The born-again people, their hope is one day they will be in heaven with Jesus. It isn't that desire just to see the gold streets and the beautiful castles and mansions and all those things will be wonderful in heaven. But their earnest hope is that one day they're going to live right there with Jesus Christ. They're going to go to heaven, that place of no more pain, no more suffering. This is the hope of believers. If you've lost that hope and it just doesn't matter and you're not looking at the eastern sky with a great expectation that the Lord Jesus is soon coming back and that one day you're going to be with him, then you're falling away. You're drifting away because that's a normal thing that takes place in the believer's life. I pray for you. So I begin to close this broadcast today. The assurance of salvation is so important. Some of you that are listening don't have any idea what I'm talking about. You're miserable in your sin. You're, you're surrounded by bondages. Uh, you love the world more than you love Jesus. You may be deceiving your own self. A lot of people do this. A lot of people deceive their own selves by thinking that just because they believe Jesus Christ died on the cross, died for the world. They believe the story in the Bible. They believe he was a born of a virgin. They believe all of that. But yet that love of the world, that love of the world is so strong in their life that they've never really bowed their head, repented of their sins. I'd like you to listen to a handmaiden of the Lord that's here. The Lord gave her the Lord gave her a word of knowledge about someone that maybe is listening to this broadcast. I see this man, and he's sitting at a desk, and you have a suit on, and you have a suit on, and you have a white shirt, and you have a drink in front of you, and yes, your name is Jeff. He's calling you. He's weaving. He's woeing you in. 
He said, come unto me, Jeff. Yes, I'm speaking to you. I see tears flowing down your eyes. And he said, today is the day of your salvation. Today that you have made decisions before, but this is the most important decision that you will ever make. And he's calling you. He's calling you to come into him. Put down that drink, Jeff. Put it down and come unto me, for I am calling you. I am moving you in with by my spirit, says the Lord. Come on in. Forget, uh, repent of your sins. Come on in, Jeff. I am standing there waiting for you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just pray that. We pray with Jeff right now is God upon his life, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And we pray, Lord God, that he would see the wages of sin as caused death. Uh, Jeff, I believe that you are the one. You've lost your family because of your love for the world and the love of money. The love of money is the root of all evil, Jeff. Jesus doesn't say it's wrong to have money, but he says it's wrong to love it because it will cause you to love the things of this world more than the Savior that died for you. Do you realize, Jeff, how, how Jesus has picked you out of the multitudes today to gave a handmaiden that's here to intercede for this broadcast, that word of knowledge, how detailed he was about what you're doing and your clothing, everything there, Jeff, because he wants you to really know it's not a person, it's him, how much he loves you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that Jeff has heard you today and that he has chosen to serve you. We pray, God, that now you guide him, Lord God, to, to a church that preaches truth. And Lord, that you will raise him up to do great and mighty exploits in your name. Jeff, go and find a pastor today that preaches truth. Be sure of what they preach. Be sure they preach Jesus as the only way into eternal life. Make sure God will lead you. He'll protect you now. You're his babe in Christ. And I pray, Lord, that you'll even restore his relationships with his family and that you will grace him and teach him. Go get a Bible, Jeff, if you don't have one. Go get a Bible. Read the King James Version. It's pure, untainted word of God. Go get one. You can get the new King James Version. That leaves out all the these and the thous. But you go get you a King James, and you start reading the Gospel of John on through the New Testament. God bless you. And we're rejoicing in your salvation.